Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast of Your Life today. A Tuesday, episode 161, a new week. What are we, the third week into the new year so far? Good grief. Good Jesus. It's one of those moments where you really want to stay with your New Year's resolutions and then you think to yourself, you know what? Fuck these big time goals. Fuck everything. You got to make small goals. You got to you got to do everything little by little, step by step. And I know you're probably getting sick of me preaching about it, but hey, I'm doing it to help me, to help you, to help me, to help you, to help me, to help you. You know what I mean? I know that was a completely tongue twister, but <laughs> it's just one of those moments. I wanted to take a little break for a little bit and not to mention over the past weekend, holy shit, did I do so many voiceover auditions? Good Jesus. It's definitely one of those moments where I'm really trying to take my career of voiceover more seriously than ever. But one thing that I ever, for me personally, what I realized to myself and you could take you know something away from this is the fact that consistency is always key. And I know that's very hard to do, especially when we go into the rhythm of trying to do something for ourselves and we're trying to fit something new. And one day, and we have these days more than others where we just don't feel like doing a goddamn thing. We're either lazy or, you know, just something that's going on in our life that's just weighing us down. But... I'm here to tell you that as long as you're consistent in terms of what you're doing, you can achieve so much ever. For a quick example, and if you think that I'm being a hypocrite when I say this, just just hear me out when I say this. I make a quota where at least three times out of the week, I do at least 25 emails of direct marketing. 25 emails. Now, to some that may be a lot, to others that might be too little. Hey, Every person to each their own. But the last thing I want to do is burn myself out doing the same thing over and over for two, three, four hours on end. And I don't ever want to come to the conclusion of me piling up with so many numbers if I miss a day or two. So as long as I can be consistent with that, and of course I do other things like LinkedIn marketing and making sure that I post something you know, one time through video feed. And if I can't do video, let me do a photo. Okay, what photo can I do? Um, is, is there something that I can do in terms of something that catches the eye, any little thing that can help you in your business and whether it's not voiceover, whether it's acting, whether it's modeling, whether it's, you know, anything along those lines for me personally, I'm being consistent with trying to do at least one or two things voiceover related every single day, because that's how serious that I'm taking this. And yes, there are times where this podcast does take, does take a little bit of a backseat because it is a fun hobby for me to do. But hey, you know, I'm not saying that it's an excuse. I'm just saying it's one of the main reasonings. And there are times where, you know what, if I have to put something on the back burn for me to focus on my career, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. So, 
just to let you know going forward, if for any more reasons that I end up missing more podcast episodes, that is the main reason. It's the fact that something comes up and you know how it is. That's why I'm always consistent on a Tuesday and more or less on a Friday. Because for some odd reason, I don't know why, but for some weird reason, most of my work always happens on a Friday. But I'm trying to see if I can do something new. Maybe something new just a little bit where I still plan on making this a video podcast. I just don't know what streaming actually works that can actually succeed going forward. Like I said, consistency is key. Should I be consistent with Instagram Live? Should I be consistent with Facebook Live? Vimeo, YouTube, Twitch, you know, things like that. So maybe you can tell me. Maybe at least one of these days I'll put up a poll and you can tell me in terms of what you prefer or which one is the best method. So there is that. There is that. Enough beating around the bush. Let's let's go into the meat of the podcast. Let's go into what we're actually going to talk about today. God damn, there's been a lot of stuff that goes over the weekend, especially when it comes to anything in the comic book world. For one thing, we finally got our definitive moon trailer. And when I say definitive, I don't mean like a teaser. I mean an actual moon night trailer. Oh my god, does it look good. But does it then again, does it get our hopes up? Does it really get our hopes up? We're going to talk about that a little bit. Then we got our Batgirl costume over the weekend. Some people hate it. Other people like it. What do I think? Eh, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And on top of that, Peacemaker, the series premiere, actually get uh, their three episodes on HBO Max this past Thursday. And I saw it. And dare I say, it might be one of my favorite shows of the year. It just might be. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shout outs out of the way, shall we? And you guys know that I work for 77 WABC. You know that I've been working there for the past five months. And I've maintained a great relationship with my coworkers, with my bosses. And I always try to do whatever I can to help them out or at least for them to help me out, you know, give and take over here. But I do want to give a major shout out to Bernie McGuirk. Bernie, Mc, Bernie McGuirk. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing his last name. Bernie. From Bernie and Sid in the morning. And he's going through a lot right now. Two weeks ago or sometime over, sometime before Christmas, he went to get a checkup for colon cancer. And he had to take a shot that puts him into uh, re- remission. I believe that's what it is, remission. Sorry if I don't know the actual terms for this because I've never experienced it before and I don't really know a lot of people in my personal life that exper- that has experienced it either. But let's just say he's not doing very well as of this moment. He continues to go to the hospital. I know his wife and his daughter gets him to the hospital and he continues to get tests. But whenever he comes into work, you know, I can see that he's, that he's hurting, that he's in pain and that he's tired. And yet he's a soldier. He continues to fight on. He continues to do what he does best. You know, he wants to come to work. He wants to contribute. He wants to, he doesn't want to be lazy. He wants to work. He wants to do his thing. And there are times every now and then where we tell him, listen, just stay home. We'll be okay. We'll be fine or whatever. And it and it's hard. It's hard for me to see him like that because he's in his, what, late 50s, early 60s right now. And it's really, really hard. So, you know, I gave him a shout out before. I'm going to continue to give him a shout out again. 
you know, Bernie, if you're listening to this, chances are you're not. But if you're listening to this, man, you know, please get better. You still got way more life ahead of you. And if we have to go through all these little obstacles for you to get better, then so be it. You know, he's a UFC fan just like me. And we got to talk more UFC when you get better and, you know, there's a UFC pay-per-view coming up, even though I really don't care much about it this weekend. I really, really don't. But it's the little things that matter. And I'm hoping that he makes a speedy recovery very, very soon. And I'm hoping that he comes to back to work full-time again. And, um, you know, I I care about the guy. I really do. I'm really hoping that he pulls through and everything is going to be okay. And that's all there is to it. That's enough for the sad, sappy stuff. Let's dive right into the episode. A lot of news to discuss. Where do we start? Let's come up right in a bit. I have to be honest. I really do. It's it's my job to be honest, not only with myself, but with you. When I watched the Moon Knight trailer, I have to admit that I wasn't expecting anything much at all. I was just thinking, oh, this is probably another Disney show. It's probably going to go into the slot of the MCU as a whole. And the fact that it's just going to be a one and done thing, new character have his problems, and then go off in terms of what he's going to do. You know, generic shit that goes on in the MCU. And then I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh my god. Now, is it, let's say, one of the best trailers, like, let's say, since Daredevil from Netflix? No, of course not. But it's pretty damn close. It is very damn close. And in a way, I kind of got a lot of Daredevil vibes from this. You see, Moon Knight is such a complex character that the idea of him and what the trailer showed is the fact that this is not your typical, at least from my understanding, and hopefully I don't get my hopes up, and hopefully the trailer has done its job and the fact that it actually can bring me into watching the show And not expect anything that that's not there. Because there's a lot of times where the trailer can be this grand spectacular thing. And then the movie and or the show is just downright shite. But then again, I digress. Now, what was I saying? Okay. What the trailer actually showed is the fact that it's very different from your typical, in a way, show that that we're used to watch in the MCU. And in a way, every MCU show, there's only been four so far, five if you include Marvel's What If, every MCU show has had a theme of its own. And no matter how complex or how interesting that theme is and how the execution is going to be, it makes you think in a particular way and it makes you try to try to see things that are outside the box here. What do I mean by that? Well... First, let's look at WandaVision. 
a show that focuses on self-depression and grief and try to use it in some way or try to reflect on it through the actions and makes our main character the main villain. Even though the showrunner says the opposite, we're not stupid, we know exactly what it stood for. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, a show about racism, nationalism, very self-aware of what goes on in the real world and everything else that goes on in between. Don't really need to say anything more about that. Marvel's What If, for example, and this might not be an example, but I'm just going to put this into the bowl for the hell of it. A show that is focusing on the what if on any scenario that comes up. It's as simple as that. One of the awesomest shows, even though it didn't have a lot of great episodes, but I already spoke about that. Let's move on. You got Loki, a show about self-reflection, a show about whether you truly believe that, and I don't believe this, but whether you truly believe that there's no such thing as free will and there's another cosmic being out there that dictates your actions and therefore everything that you do doesn't really mean anything. That's up for you to decide. Personally, I don't feel that way, but it is what it is. Let's let's be the end of it. Hawkeye, very Christmassy feel, a very family type of a feel, a feel that has a lot to do with family, it has a lot to do with legacy, it has a lot to do with letting the past go, a lot to do with ensuring that you can move on and in a way forgive yourself for your past. And if the past comes back to haunt you, then you try to face it head on. You know, it's it, in a way, it's a lot of sh- it's a it's a show in a way. It's about letting go. Hawkeye letting go into the Ronin suit. Echo letting go of you know the revenge for her father's death, even though there was the ending scene with Kingpin. But let's face it, he's not dead. Yelena letting go of the revenge for her sister's death. You know, there there's so much again. There's so much themes. There are so many themes that can go on in terms of makes you think. With Moon Knight, from what I understood, this is more of a psychological thriller because it deals with the complexity of uh, Oscar Isaac's character, his own character, well, characters, since there is more than one. Slight spoiler, by the way, since, you know, Moon Knight does go through a dissociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder, however you want to pronounce it. And... This show most likely is going to represent in terms of how serious and how dark this mental condition can actually be under the umbrella of Disney. And I feel like that's where I'm kind of tiptoeing my expectations when it comes to this show. Because the theme here is so dark and so grounded, it makes me think, okay... How much of this is Disney really going to take seriously? How much of this is really going to be up in the forefront on it being closer to the Daredevil show? Or is it going to be closer to every show that we've seen before? Where it's awesome for the first few episodes and then it just dies off into being this big CGI thing in terms of towards the end. Because that's what I don't want to happen. We're in Marvel Phase 4 now. And for me, I'm under the impression that, okay, instead of doing the same thing over and over and over, why don't we do something different? Something that the audience has never seen before. Let's be more grounded. Let's be more dark. 
or maybe not more dark, but more serious in terms of the themes in what we're going for when it comes to the complexity of these characters. Instead of just being the happy go lucky characters where everyone is all having fun and you know there's a happy ending towards the end because there's a lot of that in a lot of past marvel films there's no doubt about that and a lot of serious moments too but with this it should be different especially when it comes to a character that is dealing with a strong mental condition like this so that's what i'm hoping after seeing this trailer and so far i'm liking what i'm seeing but I'm still going to keep my guard up just a tiny, tiny bit. Especially with the costume, the white costume. Because let's face it, and, and I know I'm jumping around here, but the fact remains that this show is at the ending, the, the series premiere is at the ending of March, while Batman, the Batman, is at the beginning of March. And they're both essentially the same character, just one has different, you know, of a mental institution. I was about to say mental institution, of a mental illness than the other, even though you can kind of make an argument for both of them, they're kind of the same character if you truly think about it. I mean, people always say, oh, what's the Marvel character for Batman? And a lot of people would say Iron Man because they're rich and they're both billionaire playboy philanthropists. A lot of people would say Spider-Man. One is a you know, rich playboy that can afford his gadgets and the other one is the complete opposite where he's a poor kid. Their rogue characters are basically essentially counterparts of each other, so why not they? But true comic book fans can make a strong argument that Moon Knight is the one character that is essentially Batman's other half. That is Batman's counterpart. And with me being a big Batman fan... I'm actually more intrigued now and now than ever. I I kid you not, I kid you not. I am now more intrigued than ever in wanting to see this show. So it's an awesome trailer. It really is. And it even has a little bit of that Black Widow theme. You know that first black that I can't I can't even that shit. <laughs> And I saw it once, I saw it twice, and Moon Knight is going to fuck some shit up. And the fact that Oscar Isaac has already played multiple uh, characters before, you know, he was in, a, he was Apocalypse from the X-Men Apocalypse, where we're not going to talk much about that. He's in, he is Spider-Man 2099 in the, you know, Spider-Verse movie and the upcoming Spider-Verse movie that's coming out by the end of this year. And now he's Moon Knight. So he's no stranger when it comes to comic book characters. And now I'm excited more in terms of what's going to be more in store for him. So Moon Knight, March 30th, it's coming and it's coming with the bang. Ooh boy, or it's coming with the moon. That was terrible. <laughs> that was terrible. Anyway, moving on to other pieces of news. The Batgirl costume. I really don't have much to say about it because it's one of those moments where you should never ever judge a picture, you know, or a picture is worth a thousand words and you should never judge a book by its uh, cover, I was about to say clever, cover and all their other cliches. I get that. But, you know, at this moment, we might as well, we might as well talk about it because we're going to talk about it. It's as simple as that. Um... 
it has a little bit of a CW look. Like, I watch it. I don't know if it's the lighting. I don't know if it's the fact that the suit just looks very plasticky. I, I don't even know the, the right words to say about it. it. It really looks like it's taking a page out of the CW network. But at the same time, for Batgirl, which is being played by Leslie Grace... We know full well that this is taken out of the page from the newer versions of Batgirl, especially Batgirl Year One. There's no mistake about that. And if that's the case, if that's the case, then there's a strong chance that she's going to upgrade into the dark Batsuit Batgirl costume that we're used to seeing. My favorite Batgirl costume from what I've seen so far is from the Arkham games, the Arkham Knight games. That's probably my favorite Batgirl costume that I've seen by far. And when I see something like this, it's pretty much given that this is going to be Batgirl maybe in her starting years. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine. Because if we're going to get that, then chances are eventually she's going to upgrade her suit. It's going to look more armor. It's going to look more, you know, much more of a Kevlar type of a look. And Batgirl being the sidekick of Batman and Robin, you know essentially part of the Bat family to instill fear into the hearts of their enemies, chances are she's going to get a new makeover very soon. So I'm not going to judge this this picture too harshly, but it looks okay. It looks okay. It does have that CW look. Yeah, I keep saying that. It looks okay. And there's no there's no harm, no foul about it. There really isn't. There really isn't. Really isn't. Anyway, moving on, we got Peacemaker, oh my goodness, Peacemaker, John Cena, John Cena, my time is up, my time is now, you can't see me, my time is now. (laughs) I was a massive John Cena fan a long time ago for WWE before I switched over to CM Punk and Jeff Hardy. God damn, those were the days, those were the awesome days. You know, again... I did not think of anything highly when it came to Peacemaker. I mean, I remember watching The Suicide Squad, and I'm thinking to myself, God damn, this character is actually pretty cool. This character, not pretty cool, but he's he's pretty funny. He's, a, he's essentially a man-child with no morals in terms of what he does. He just does it. He said it before in the movie where he does not care how many men, women, or children that he has to kill in order to achieve peace. You know, it's funny, really, because how can you connect with someone like that? I mean, yeah, he's funny, but he's not really a likable character, if you truly think about it. He wasn't at first. And then when I saw the show, he grew up on he he grew on me a little bit. He really did. John Cena's character, Peacemaker, Chris Smith, if, you know, I can't remember his last name. Chris, there's a sense of morality about him where he essentially questions on if what he does is right or wrong. And considering that he's a man-child, considering that he really doesn't have a grasp on reality. When I say reality, he doesn't have a grasp on how to behave or how to be when it comes to the public eye or how to be when it comes to other people. For example, there were numerous scenes where he would deem as 
you know, racist or sexist, and he would deem that to be normal. And you can tell by the people around him that that's essentially how he is because that's how he was raised. And James Gunn has the striking, striking capability of taking a character that no one has ever thought of before and just either changing it or twisting it and make us more sympathetic towards that character for us to make us feel bad for him and watch them unfold. And then he's essentially becoming a way different character than what he was from the movie. And the first three episodes actually guides you into that. It guides you into the sense that John... I'm, I keep on calling him John Cena because, you know, he's fucking John Cena. It, it goes into the fact that Peacemaker's character is essentially someone that still has much more room to grow. And much more room to expand himself to be accepted to everybody else. Because everyone else that's around him with the exception of the you know, black lady, they're mean to him. <laughs> his dad is mean to him. His coworkers are mean to him. And the only one that is not a mean prick to him is probably Vigilante. And Vigilante is the type of character that actually looks up to him, that looks up to Peacemaker, even though there's arguments to believe that he's way better than Peacemaker in terms of combat styles, in terms of shooting, in terms of, you know, getting shit done. There's arguments to believe that he's a way more better character than Peacemaker, but he looks up to him, or at least he looks up to the person that he used to be. After John Cena, and trust me, I'm not going to spoil much hopefully I didn't spoil much of anything but Peacemaker is a character that you are watching you can't help but admire the change that he's going through when it comes to certain situations in his life and I think that's what draws you into the show that much more aside from the fact that it's very raunchy and it's very comedic and it's dark and it's you know, it's it's it has a dark theme, but it's fun. And that's another thing about the show and what makes the show for what it is. It's fun. It has a very strong Doom Patrol feeling. And I can't wait to see the next episode. I really can't. And the fact is, is that Peacemaker is probably one of those characters that you cannot help but love and root for in a way. So, if there's if anything that I said did not register to you in any way, go watch Peacemaker. I mean, it is probably one of the best DC shows that I've seen since Doom Patrol. I kid you not. It's probably one of the best DC live action shows that I've seen since Doom Patrol. And I can't wait to see what more they have in store. James Gunn did a fantastic job. Eagly, the little eagle sidekick character. God damn, he's such adorable. Again, James Gunn has this capability of, of making CGI slash sidekicks. I mean, first he gave us Groot. Now he gave us the uh, he he gave us Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. He gave us uh Sebastian the Rat from the Suicide Squad. And now he gave us this, Eagly. I mean, come on. Come on. I mean, and, and this is one from the trailers. Eagly gives John Cena a hug for God's sake. Come on, bro. God damn. You know, and another thing about Peacemaker, even though what he does is essentially 
asshole-ish, whether he's being racist or he's being sexist or, you know, he disregards other people's feelings and he doesn't really take them seriously. He likes to poke fun of other people. He likes to talk down to people at times. He deems all of that normal. But there's something innocent about him that you can't help but be in awe of. Does that make sense? Like, there's something about him where you can't help but feel bad for. Maybe it's because of his upbringings. Maybe it's because of the people that surround him. Or maybe it's because of the expectations that people have of him. Because he did say, you know, that he went to prison for four years and he was trained as a weapon and he had all these expectations and all he wants to do is either make someone proud of him or he wants to be accepted into society or he wants to be accepted by the people around him where he deems as, you know, friends or family-like members. There's much more to him than just the foul mouth guy that likes to kill and shoot people. No, there's way more to it than that. And I can't w- wait to see what else the show has in store. James Gunn did a fantastic job. And but I, I will say by far, even though it's only been three episodes, even though it's only been three, there's something about this show where I'm like, you know what? This is a top 10 show. This is a top 10 show. Oh my goodness, I cannot wait to see what's more. I really can't. And that's all we have. That's all we have for this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. No, I'm not going to focus on Joss Sweden and the fact that he's now saying some stuff about the Justice League characters and he's like, oh, they were rude and they were impossible to work with. No, we're we're not digging that up from what it is. It is what it is. We've seen Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder was way better in terms of his movie. I'm not going to focus on Joss Whedon even though I just did. And a little bit on William Defoe, where he wants to be a Joker imposter. I think he can pull off a great Joker. I think he can. A Joker imposter? Maybe in a show or like in a, you know, spin-off, one-shot type of a thing. That could work. But... Aside from that, hey, whatever that comes on in the world of comic book news, games, and everything else, you know what to do. You gotta Hulk smash that like and subscribe button if you want more content. If you need any help in any way, shape, or form when it comes to voiceovers, commercials, whatever the case may be, hit me up. I got a new email. I rebranded my email, Mike at voiceofgarcia.com you can email me at mike at voiceofgarcia.com and you can hit me up on twitter instagram facebook whatever linkedin whatever the social media is voice of garcia is where you will find me is where you'll find me best because i'm always on twitter because i am addicted to twitter it's as simple as that now i've spoken so much as it is let's go into our superhero quote of the day And this one is from, eh, why not, Batgirl herself. Considering the fact that there's been a lot of stuff going on and maybe what she says is going to, is going to change your mind on something. She says, and I quote, I use their expectations against them. That will be their weakness, not mine. Let them all underestimate me. And when their guard is down and their pride is rising, Let me kick their butts. Batgirl Year One. 
And my reaction to that is, you know what? Makes a lot of sense. And if that is a strong indication of what the movie is going to be later on this year, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Just hopefully it's great writing, great directing, and can possibly be one of the greatest movies of all time. <clears throat> no, it's not. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Oh, who said that? <laughs> no. Again, we know what DC is doing. They're focusing more on the intention on Supergirl and Batgirl because they want to try to see if they could maybe try something new and see what happens after. And you know what? Kudos. Try it. See what happens. We'll praise you if it works. And we'll shit on you if it doesn't. It's how it is. It's simply how it is. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time, hopefully on Friday, where we will talk more on the comic book news, shows, games, movies, whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time. I'm done. I'm through. Peace the beep out. Peace out. <laughs>